Welcome to Retail Done Right. I'm Christine Gonzalez-Wertz. And I'm Jeff Fisher. Christine, did you know that Amazon has an internal team called Pan Amazon that's focused on building relationships with their existing high-value business customers with the intent to spend more across multiple departments, including web services, advertising, and logistics? No, but this makes a lot of sense, and I'm just getting the Pan Am joke. (laughs) It's often easier to build deep relationships, richer relationships with existing customers than adding new ones. So true. As so many retailers find out when they try to make that change. They're often stickier, and they give Amazon greater lifetime value in this case. And while boxes with smiles on the side came first, it's the digital services that came later that have given Amazon on the opportunity and the infrastructure and the services to become the platform they are today. A recent article in the information shares great insights into Pan Amazon. And while many companies have tried to move from selling things to selling services, it's fair to say Amazon has succeeded in a way that few have. Today on Retail Done Right, Amazon Part 2, Amazon as a platform. Let's take a look at some of these services that are quite compelling in and of themselves, but even more compelling when you put them all together. Yeah, so I'm going to take a step back the way I did in the last one and talk about this There are four types of business models. So asset builders, service providers, technology creators, network orchestrators. Most everybody can fit into one of those. Amazon is the ultimate network orchestrator through a platform that allows participants to interact or transact with many other members of the network through content, through services, and of course, through physical goods. Amazon delivers value through connectivity. So true. I think we all know that being the largest e-commerce seller of books was first, but what's the order of introduction or launch of FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon, Amazon Web Services, Advertising, Marketplace, or Just Walk Out? Or asked differently, did Mr. Bezos actually have a master plan when he started looking at this or was his focus on customer service and then the infrastructure to support them, the means that allowed this to happen? Or did he just discover along the way that he could offer these services too? I think there's always been a roadmap, but I'm not sure that even he was able to map all of this out early on. No, because I have to agree with you. It's been a bit of a mix. Here's some of the order, and I'll try and keep it in order. E-commerce bookstore, January 16th, 1995. Marketplace, 2000. AWS, 2016. Uh, Oh my gosh, AWS, 2006. Oh my. Yes, there Uh, you go. Not 2016. Yay, yay, yay. With the launch of Simple Storage Service, which is S3, which is... Harder to say than you think. (laughs) Then there's advertising. Advertising was 2003 with the launch of A9, which is a search and advertising technology. Then FBA, which we'll talk about a lot more, was 2006. The Kindle in 2007, which sold out within hours of its release and launched with 90,000 titles of content. Okay. Amazon Prime Video, 
also 2006, or its earlier incarnation known as Unbox. Okay, the service grew with an expanding library and added the Prime Video membership upon the development of the Prime subscription. It was then renamed Amazon Instant Video On Demand because Amazon really believes in naming things what they are. (laughs) Amazon agreed to buy Audible in 2008, another one of their media properties. And Audible, true to form, has become an Amazon podcasting backend, as well as an original content publisher along the way. Then, of course, we have to mention this. There is the Fire Phone, okay? In a world of Amazon successes, this was a fail nearly from the start, and Amazon called the whole sordid mess off 13 months later. Launch 2014, RIP 2015. Then there's Amazon Locker, which is 2011. The Locker concept is 10 years old. I remember when we first discussed this. So true. Echo and Dot with Alexa, 2014 and 2015. And I have been swearing at her ever since because she continually (laughs) gets my answer wrong for question of the day. But anyway, the list of commands for Alexa is so extensive that tech website CNET actually publishes a guide to them all. The last update on how many published Alexas there were, more than 100 million. They're sort of like McDonald's. They got to a billion and stopped counting. Jeff, the more I go down this list, the more I think Amazon should give me a volume discount. Oh, I understand. To go to Alexa for a second, we don't want any smart speaker in our home. I can understand that. But with the smart speaker, Amazon tremendously contribute to the body of knowledge around AI. That massive collection of voice samples has given AI the training database it really needed to be able to move forward. And then there is Whole Foods, which brought in a whole distribution aspect. June 15th, 2017, I visited them on Thursday, 2022. And we have used them recently for the return of an Amazon purchase. Yeah, that is true, too. So again, this network and all of these assets that come together. And then there's Jeff's favorite, Just Walk Out. Yep. 2018 with the opening of the first Amazon Go store. I'm exhausted. (laughs) Amazon is ringing my doorbell as we speak. Okay, let me take over for a bit. Let's talk about some of these in a bit more detail. Should we jump around? I don't want to go in order. I'm going to start with FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon. This helps power the marketplace. Today, if it matters to you and you know who you are, you need to look to see if you're buying directly from Amazon or if you're purchasing from someone else, a third party, a member of their marketplace. FBA offers access to Amazon's shipping and fulfillment centers, packing and shipping logistics and customer service programs. Whether you're new or growing, you can expand these services reliably and effectively through Amazon. Man, I sound like an advertisement, don't I? According to Jungle Scout, in 2021, Amazon's revenue was a whopping $469 billion. Half a trillion dollars. Half a trillion. A significant up from $386 billion in 2020. And nearly a quarter or 22% of that revenue is driven by third-party sellers. And of those third-party sellers, 89%, a whopping 89% of them use fulfillment by Amazon to manage their Amazon business. Let's contrast this with eBay, 
which launched managed delivery in 2020, which is not truly like for like in terms of services. For instance, eBay doesn't offer shipping services. Etsy doesn't offer a comparable holistic service either. They do offer some shipping efficiency services like shipping profiles, shipping labels, free delivery guarantee, but no inventory storage or pick and pack options. Yeah. And they had that recent kerfuffle when they raised their share percentage that their sellers were required to pay. True. And this affects profit margins. I agree. Compare this to having your own store. Amazon sellers can see relatively higher profit margins. 65% of Amazon sellers achieve profit margins greater than 10%. 32% earn at least a 20% profit margin. And 14% have seen lifetime profits over $100,000. I think that that's the small business story right there. Yes. Let's contrast this to some of the other big retailers. Now, clearly, these offer scale in a very big and purchasing power in very big ways. Walmart, worldwide gross profit margin this year is trending at 24.4% according to Statista. Target's U.S. gross profit margin in 2021, 28.3%. Lowe's gross profit margin so far in 2022 is in the low 30%, according to Macro Trends, and Macy's gross margin so far in 2022 is in the low 40s, also according to Macro Trends. These other retailers are primarily physical retail-centric, and of course, as I said, they have scale. Yeah, I think that that's true. And we do tend to want to talk about that actual physical presence. Here you start to see its benefits. Absolutely. But for the average seller, does signing up for FBA make sense? For Amazon, yes, no question. For third-party brands, it alleviates a tremendous amount of the complexity and direct cost. It opens them up to a massive customer base. And of course, there's a cost for this, But leveraging a state-of-the-art fulfillment center versus building your own or spending your time at the post office, I think that that's important. We could talk about what comes first, the cart or the horse, but I won't go there. Let me say, why is FBA so valuable? Because it makes Amazon the marketplace it is. Online everything. The sheer amount of items is unfathomable outside of perhaps Asia and more specifically China. Amazon is one of the few, the very few, 800-pound gorillas, and I don't even know if 800 pounds is enough to feel the scope of Amazon. The shift to the marketplace extended their offering to deliver on the being the everything store. Consider this. It was five short years from launch that Amazon enabled third-party sellers to sell products alongside Amazon's regular offerings. And bear in mind, they are now looking at their own private labels significantly based on the massive amounts of intelligence they have. But using Amazon Marketplace, third-party sellers gain access to Amazon's customer base, and Amazon expands the offerings on its site without having to invest in additional inventory. In 2021, Amazon stated there were nearly 2 million third-party sellers, mostly small and mid-sized businesses. Let me share a couple quick comparisons on that because I thought that was a big number, but it's interesting. Etsy has 7.5 million sellers, 
as of 2021, which was a 74% increase over the previous year. And eBay has over 19 million sellers with accounts. Gross merchandise volume reached over $100 billion in 2020, dropped in 2021 to $83 billion, but definitely larger scale. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Never would have seen it. So Amazon has been called the everything store. I guess the question is, is that true? Still based on Etsy and eBay, has the everything store truly arrived? There isn't a doubt that Amazon's marketplace has made a big impact on Amazon's business. Again, going back to Statista, 57% of paid units on Amazon were sold by third-party sellers in the second quarter of 2022. And I know your opinion about buying from a marketplace retailer as opposed to Amazon directly. I recommend listeners to refer to our last episode. No, 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 no. Just quickly, just quickly. Most of the time when you have a delivery problem or a box not packed well or an item that's not described well, or I'll just, I'll just stop. Most of the time, this is not <laughs> Amazon is the provider. The seller is using the marketplace and the seller is the fulfillment channel. As you might guess, I had at least one very expensive, bad experience with a set of aloe leggings. But now back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> okay. Shifting to a short history of Amazon Web Services. AWS provides on-demand cloud computing platforms and APIs to individuals, companies, and governments on a metered pay-as-you-go basis. These cloud computing web services provide distributed computing processing capacity and software tools via AWS server farms. According to Synergy Group, as of Q4 2021, AWS has had 33% market share for cloud infrastructure, while the next two competitors, Microsoft Azure and Google Cloud, have 21% and 10% respectively. What's the benefit? AWS offers subscribers a way of obtaining large-scale computing capacity more quickly and cheaply than building an actual physical server farm along with a host of services. That really gets to the heart of it. They have this ability to deliver things, networks, and things in open quotes because it can be a service, it can be a cloud, it can be goods, but they do so in a way that makes it much easier for people to consume. And the bottom line is with AWS, it is their cash cow. Yes. But it's not their only cash cow. Speaking <laughs> right. of remarkable revenue streams, should we touch on advertising for a second? Yes. So here was where one place of being born on the web, Amazon can compete directly with Google. So now we have two 800-pound gorillas. Amazon's heavy move into media allowed them to extend the opportunity beyond the websites into ads that are nearly everywhere on their estate. You're really talking about a high margin revenue stream here. This is the reason for the explosion of retail media networks, which we will go into more detail in a future podcast. Yeah, another future revenue stream. So yeah, you are absolutely right. And I know that you have been wanting to talk about retail media networks for a little while. Amazon ads offer a range of options that allow you to look at your revenue goals. To You can talk to registered sellers. You can talk to vendors. You can talk to book vendors. You can use Kindle Direct Publishing for authors. There's stuff for app developers. There's stuff for agencies. You can have sponsored products, sponsored brands, sponsored displays, and your own store page. 
You have, and I am not done yet, display ads, video ads, and ads that run through Amazon's DSP or demand side platform that can be managed independently or with an Amazon ads executive. And this time I sound like the commercial, (laughs) but seriously, this is before we even get to Alexa driving relevant advertising. And according to an article in the AP, Amazon's Echo services, which house the voice assistant Alexa, have dominated the U.S. smart speaker market, accounting for roughly 70% of sales. They're everywhere. And then you've got doorbells and everything else. There was (laughs) an article this morning that showed the perspective of Hurricane Ian through ring doorbell footage saw that. There are articles that are talking about the voice data from Amazon being used to target ads to consumers, something that the company has denied in the past. So how they're using your data and based on the vast resources they have has always been something that's been a little bit questionable. So Umar Iqbal, a postdoc at University of Washington, has led research into this and said he and his colleagues found Echo devices running third-party skills, which are like apps for Alexa that communicate with advertisers. Of course, according to Amazon, you can opt out of interest-based advertising, and I think we'd recommend that you do. Have you done that? I'm going to. I didn't realize it until you pointed it out to me. (laughs) I get why Amazon has a pan-Amazon group, quite the platform they've built. One further service or offering, Just Walk Out, which is the IRL in real-life equivalent of their one-click checkout. We spoke about this technology in our Season 2, Episode 3 podcast, Fixing the Broken Checkout Experience. Amazon developed this in-house and has implemented it in their Amazon Go and some Amazon Fresh stores. They have licensed this. It's out there in the marketplace, but I've also seen it in real life at the Fred Siegel store in Resort World Casino in Las Vegas. Starbucks and Amazon have partnered on a couple locations in New York City as well, which they call Starbucks Pickup with Amazon Go. Convenience, ease, simplicity, This is a great use, in my opinion, of this technology. This isn't just about a simplified checkout either, although that I think in in and of itself is quite beneficial. This technology also offers insights into store and shelf performance, labor efficiencies, planogram optimization, and more. We're just talking data here. So while Amazon itself has not cracked the IRL store, What it is doing is carving off a chunk of revenue anyway, as you'll need to pay to license their patents somewhere. Yeah, and there's always more to discuss when it comes to Amazon. This includes Amazon Pay, and Amazon Pay uses the customer base of Amazon.com and focuses on giving users the option to pay with their Amazon accounts and the affiliated credit cards to work with external merchants, which means that Amazon gets even more data about you. Another flavor is that Amazon is deciding to take on interest-free financing and larger purchases with minimal qualification. And then there's Amazon Transportation Services. In case your neighborhood could use a few (laughs) more blue trucks stopping traffic, but I will be quiet there. (laughs) Then, of course, you can sell on Amazon. There is Amazon Design. And then there is my dog Sophia's favorite part, the acquisition of iRobot, uh, the maker (laughs) of Roombas, which she follows around and hides from. So, you know, seriously, 
What more could you want from Amazon? Okay, enough. <laughs> As we said before, there's a lot there with the elephant in the room being the massive amount of data Amazon already has on us and our purchasing habits, along with so much more. The question is, do you compete or do you join? Are the benefits so great that it's worth getting in bed with Amazon or do you go out on your own? Of course, it's not all or nothing. You can be an AWS customer and not be part of their marketplace or use FBA, but should you? I think this is dependent on who you are, what stage of the journey you're in, and where you want to go. Okay, so I'll read the statistics for you. Amazon will account for nearly 40% of e-commerce sales in 2022. Amazon will account for two in $5 spent online, making up, as I said, 39.5% of all U.S. retail commerce sales. Altogether, the next biggest 14 digital retailers will make up just 31%, with the remaining nearly 30%, 29.5% going to everybody else. That's $400 billion out of the forecasted $1 trillion in sales revenue, which is five times bigger than its closest rival, Walmart. Now, that's e-commerce. Yes, and that's still significant. Oh, heck yeah. I wouldn't turn it down. Amazon <laughs> is still the most visited online marketplace in the U.S. Amazon gets 2 billion monthly visitors in the U.S. And I'm at least two dozen of them, I hate to say. <laughs> Almost triple the monthly visitors of eBay, which trails behind its second place with close to 700 million monthly visits. I wonder how many TikTok gets. That is interesting, but useless, but still interesting. More than half of the U.S. consumers start their product searches on Amazon. Whether it is searching the internet for products, they start on Amazon. It's the most popular search destination. 63% of consumers over search engines at 46%, Walmart at 31%, Facebook. I would never go to Facebook to search for a product, but 26%, maybe that includes Instagram. And YouTube, also another place I wouldn't go, but then I am not Gen Z. What's more interesting is that 88% of consumers, nearly 9 out of 10, who last shopped at Amazon, start their next purchase journey at Amazon, okay, instead of going to a search engine. It's if you're an Amazon person, if you've already bought in, you just repeat. And then there's the fact that nearly half of us shop on Amazon once a week. <laughs> That's remarkable scale. You're painting a very compelling story for brands and retailers. Amazon can open you up to a lot. That is a technical number, a lot of shoppers. If your statistics aren't convincing enough, I have a couple more. Oh my. In 2020, Amazon invested $18 billion in selling partner success, including in logistics and tools like brand follow and stores that allow sellers to directly connect to millions of customers. And roughly 3,700 sellers were added daily to its roster in 2021. It's an amazing amount. It is. According to Jungle Scout, more than 90% of Amazon small business sellers are profitable, with some 65% earning profit margins higher than 10% and a third earning profit margins above 20%. 
and third-party sellers account for 54% of Amazon's revenue now. But let's ground this in some compelling reality, profit. E-commerce offers you reach and scale, but it is burdened with cost of customer acquisition and fulfillment and last mile costs. So there's a balancing act that needs to be achieved in terms of who you are and where you are in your journey. Yeah. When you brought up those numbers of the gross margin numbers from some of the major retailers, it really points to the fact that there is a size differential here. And Amazon, by its scale, has the winning ticket on that differential. And it does make it much harder for smaller venues to compete. So as much as I do love me some Amazon, I am going to stay here and encourage you to shop small and shop local. I agree. Woo, though. What a company. Yeah. Okay, Christine, we're going to shift our attention because it's that time. It's time to reveal our hero or change makers. I do love this new segment. And I know I leaked my choice to you. And I think by your reaction that you may have selected the same person. Am I reading you correctly? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So this is a combined selection. We're on the same page. We select Vaughn Schoenard, founder and CEO of Patagonia, who stated, instead of going public, we are going purpose. 100% of the company's voting stock transfers to the Patagonia Purpose Trust, created to protect the company's values, and 100% of the non-voting stock had been given to the Hold Fast Collective, a nonprofit dedicated to finding the environmental crisis and defending nature. And he wrote, quote, the funding will come from Patagonia. Each year, the money we make after reinvesting in the business will be distributed as a dividend to help fight the crisis. It just brings me joy. It brings me joy. Seriously, our conversation about Amazon continues with part three where we are going into Amazon and the future of healthcare. This is Retail Done Right. Thank you for joining our conversation. Retail Done Right is produced by your hosts, Christine Gonzalez-Wertz and me, Jeff Fisher. Michael Cook via Upwork is our brilliant sound engineer and editor. And J.D. Sirawad composed our theme music. Please subscribe via your favorite podcast platform and share your comments. We truly value them. This is the best way for us to hear directly from you so we can improve. It also helps us reach a broader audience. Please follow us on Instagram at our Retail Done Right handle and at our website, retaildonerunt.net. Um, please connect with Jeff and me on LinkedIn. We would love hearing from you. And now I'll just tell Alexa to play some relaxing music for the dog, arm the alarm, and continue my audible book in the car. Oh, let me start the Roomba too. <laughs> and now, Jeff, let's go shopping. Absolutely.